Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 85 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today is one of the rising stars in the Ring of Honor women's division and a three-time former MCW Pro Wrestling champion. She is the greatest damn woman, Gia Scott. Gia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. About about time. <laughs> well, absolutely it is. I'm so excited to have you here because, um, you know, we go back a few years and I feel like, um, you know, I really, uh, I saw you when you pretty much walked in the doors at MCW. So it's been, uh, it's been fun for me. You know, I always love watching people that I can see, like from the start, like, you know, like Joe Keys and um, there are others. I, I see them when they walk through the door at MCW, and then I can follow them as they uh, as they grow and as they continue to do things in this business. You're certainly one of those people because you just had your first match on Ring of Honor television. And, I mean, talk about starting at the top. Your first match on TV is for the ROH Women's World Championship mm-hmm. against Roxy. Oh, uh, man. Uh, it's just... I've always like strive for moments like those and I continue to keep striving for moments like that. But like for that to be like the very first thing, like, uh, like the first milestone, like you said, is like kind of at the top of the mountain is it's a really good feeling. Like just to kick off and start off, especially for something like that is just crazy. Yeah. And, and you came up a little bit short, Roxy retained the championship, but mm-hmm. I just want to ask you in, in general, I mean, how did it, um, how did it feel to get in there wrestling for the championship um, knowing that you're on TV for the first time? Were there a lot of nerves? Um, oh, definitely. There, there are always nerves no matter what, like uh, I may come off as a, hmm, as, as a nice term uh, aggressive, but <laughs> it's just behind all that, that there were nerves. I was very nervous. I didn't want to do anything to, to mess up. And I feel as though I did in a way because I underestimated Roxy and I thought I had her, but she most definitely outsmarted me. So she, she is very much of a worthy championship of champion, not championship champion, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to stop coming after her for something that I desperately wanted since day one. Gia, you're only what, 22? Yes, I'm only 22. I'll be 23 in February. Okay. Well, early happy birthday, a couple months away. Thank you. Um, so this has got to be unique for you because um, you were actually in the ring with someone younger than you. As we all know, Roxy, actually, she just turned 20. So she's no longer a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's got to be like, this is probably one of the first times, right? That you've actually been in with someone who's younger than you are. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I'm always, I'm not saying that like, I, I, I like facing people who are like, I'm not, mm, let me rephrase this. I like the fact that like, I finally got in a ring with someone who's younger than me because now the, she was on the other foot 
And I'm just like, oh man, like someone younger than me, that's a little weird. It's something I'm not used to because I'm always facing someone who's older than me, which is not a problem at all. But it's just, it's kind of like a whoa, like, oh man, I'm getting older. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yes, you are getting older. 22, Ooh, almost 23. Man, you're, you're getting yeah. up there, Gia. And it's just like yesterday, I was like, I felt like I was just 18, just walking through the MCW doors. <laughs> well, time does fly. And trust me, when you get to be my age, it really goes by fast. So <laughs> something for you to look forward to. Um, well, let me ask you about, again, more about the match. So again, you came up a little bit short. You didn't win the women's championship, but gave Roxy a run for her money. Mm-hmm. How did it, what was it like when you went uh, backstage as far as, uh, what kind of feedback did you get after the match? What What did people say to you? I When I came back, I most definitely was proud of myself because even though I lost the match, I just was happy with the fact that I went out there, did what I needed to do. I had fun and I had like, well, most people know like the wrestling high, basically when like everything feels right, everything feels perfect and you just feel really accomplished. I, um, my agent, uh, Chris Hero, he was the one who came back. He was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm glad, you know, you got the nerves out. You kicked it. You did awesome. You did good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like you're in an amazing spot. And it was really nice of him to say that to me. And even the fact that like, like a couple of days afterwards, he messaged me. Um, it was just like, you know, you did really good. I'm really proud of you. I'm just like, wow, someone actually thought about me. Like that was a really cool and great moment that I, I just, it, it just made me feel like I was on cloud nine and to uh, have people like proud of me. Uh, the fact that I like faced off against Roxy, it was awesome. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you definitely should be, should be proud of yourself. And, um, Man, that's great to hear a guy like Chris Hero. I mean, that has to really make you feel good because Chris Hero, obviously everything that he's done in this business and he has such a great mind uh, for the business and for him to compliment you and then reach out to you. I mean, that's pretty high praise. So, I mean, you should definitely feel good about yourself. for that. I, I definitely felt good about that. I was just like, wow. Like, like I, w- I wasn't like, I was expecting it to, you know, just be like ended after, uh, after me coming back from Gorilla, but the fact that like he messaged me afterwards, I was just like, wow, that that was really nice. That was really sweet. It's just the little things in wrestling where you're just like, wow, I feel really like loved here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's amazing what just a little word of encouragement or a pat on the back uh, can do for someone's confidence. And again, especially when it comes from someone like Chris, who um, is so respected and mm-hmm. everyone values his opinion to get that from him. Um, you know, it, it definitely means a lot. So I wanted to ask you, though, about not having a crowd. You know, you talked about the wrestler high of, you know, going out there and having the match and being on, you know, it's on TV, but mm-hmm. no, no crowd. Um, do you think it would have been like, would you have been like more amped up with the crowd? Or do you think maybe too amped up to the point where it was maybe better that your first TV match didn't take place in front of a, a lot of people? Personally? How I feel is that the crowd amps me up, but I also like, I like the fact that there wasn't a crowd as weird as that sounds, because all I did was just focus on like just the match. And I feel like as though, even though the crowd wasn't there, I fed off of uh, Roxy's uh, uh, energy. 
and she fed off of mine. It was just kind of like a perfect match of everything that was just happening. It felt right. It felt awesome. And I feel as though if the, if a crowd was there, it would have been better. But then again, I feel like as though I would have been a little too distracted because I feel like I tend to play off the crowd a little bit more than I need to. Yeah. But it yeah. also gets me, I guess you could say, in the wrestling mood and whatnot. It's like the little cherry on top. Right, right. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I want to go back a second. Like, we were just talking about Chris Hero. Um, who are some of the other people that you either uh, seek advice from or feedback from? Uh, I mean, is there anyone who is, uh, for lack of a better word, mentored you um, in Ring of Honor? Like, who, who are those people that you go to? Who I usually go to uh, is Will Farrar. Oh, that, I botched his name. <laughs> Will, I, I go to him a lot. Um, like about like little things or just ask him like certain questions or he's usually always in Gorilla. So I'll like ask him his like opinion because he kind of has really no choice but to kind of watch the show. Right. So I'll ask him like, hey, like what did you think? Did you see anything that I could work on or anything that I could do better? Or there could be like certain things that I'll ask him like maybe certain moves that I probably like picked up on and I'm like hey could you help me with this little little bit real quick and he does and I always go to him because he always makes things very interesting uh he's done that since day one when I went uh, into the dojo where he's like literally taught me new things to where it's stuck in my brain to where I could teach new people at MCW. And they're just like, oh my gosh, where do you learn this? And I'm like, I learned it from Will. So <laughs> I, the things that I do in the ring most likely came from, from Will. Okay. Well, that is so weird though. Like you, when you mentioned earlier about like how, how fast time has, has gone for you. Um, that is just, that blows me away to think of you. Um, now you're instructing people at MCW. Mm -hmm. That is, that is, it, it, it's weird. It's crazy. so weird. Cause like, I'm, it's a weird position, but I like it because I like being able to show people like new things that I've learned at the dojo. And they're just like, Oh, this makes sense. Or, Oh, this works perfectly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad to help. <laughs> so it's a nice feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's passing it on. That's like the knowledge that you've gotten. And now you're passing that knowledge on to the next person. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, mm -hmm. How long, have you been training at the ROH dojo now? Um, who actually, cause I was just looking at this on, uh, my, my Instagram page. Uh, when I initially started join, I initially like joined the dojo. Let's see here. Okay. So I joined in 2019. So I'm guessing it's been 2019, 20, 21, 22. Oh, 20, 21. It's almost 22. So I guess it's been like two years. And I joined around like mid-May. So I, yeah, it's been about two years. Okay. And now how did you get into the, uh, into the dojo? Did you attend any of the seminars or was it just through your association with MCW? It was through the association of MCW. I kind of forgot how it happened. It was more of like, we like, uh, it was more of like, R ROH was having a tryout. Uh, my coach, my coaches, uh, Dean uh, and RJ, the bruiser, they were like, okay, we kind of want you to go to this tryout. We kind of want you to do it. And I'm like, all right, okay. So 
they tell me about the trial. I go back home. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, how do I, what do I wear? What do I like? I don't know what I'm doing. So (laughs) I go to the trial and it was a long day, like early in the morning to late at night. Um, I asked uh, Moses and Khan about the tryout before because they've done it before and they were able to pass their tryouts and I asked them a little bit about it and they're like you're gonna be in your gear all day I thought they were kidding they weren't kidding I was in my gear all day and <laughs> I'm just like okay so I felt as though day one I did okay but it wasn't my best but I did all right day two I feel like I did better and it was just a lot of positive energy um, from what I can remember, I know Will was there, Mandy was there, Angelina was there, Sumi was there, and a couple of the MCW guys, like Dante, Joe, um, was Eric Martin, and a couple of other were there as well, so it was just really nice, really positive energy and everything, so I passed my tryout, so I was able to get into the dojo that way. I was doing some research on you and I saw that, uh, I don't know if it's true or not. I've never asked you this, but it said that you were born in Pittsburgh. Is that, is that true? Okay. So, uh, so I was not born in Pittsburgh. I was born and raised in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, The only reason why I said I'm from Pittsburgh is because at the time uh, my coaches, again, they were like, well, you're going to be heel. You're going to be this bad guy. You can't really be from Baltimore because people are going to like you. I'm like, okay, so where should I be from? They're like, just be from Pittsburgh. You know, it's fine. Nobody likes Pittsburgh. They're like, okay, you're right. So I was just like, okay. So since then, I was just been like, all right, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Pittsburgh. So whenever I come out, people are just like, boo, she's from Pittsburgh. Nobody likes Pittsburgh. Boo. So yeah, I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. That's what I, that's what I thought. That's why I, um, when I saw Pittsburgh, I thought that's, that's a gimmick. Like, that's not really where you're from. Because I, I thought no. you were before that you're from Baltimore. But that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's the go-to. I know an MCW is for a local uh, person uh, who's going to be a heel. Yeah, you can never say that they're from Baltimore because they're going to get the hometown mm. pop. We did the same thing in MCW with Jesse Kay. Um, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor fans probably remember she wrestled in ROH as Jessie K. Now she's Jessica Carr. Yes. Uh, referee in, um, what is she? Is she on SmackDown, I believe? SmackDown. I, yes, I believe SmackDown. Right. And um, she did the same thing. She's a Baltimore girl. And when she was a heel, she was billed from Pittsburgh. And I think she even had like black and yellow uh, ring gear and the whole nine. Yes, yards. she did. I remember that. Yes, she did. So yeah, cheap heat. That's what we call cheap heat, right? You, mm-hmm. you root for the, uh, make people think that you're from the, uh, the, the rival of the local sports team. Um, yes. One of, <laughs> one of the early matches I know that you had, um, you had mentioned Angelina earlier. You wrestled Angelina when you were like, maybe like within your first year or so of, of wrestling? Is yeah, that- she was, uh, I believe if she wasn't my second, then she was my third match ever. Wow. I got to ask you, what was that like to be in a ring? I mean, and she said this before, so it's not like she hides her age or anything. She's proud of it because obviously, obviously she's still at the top of her game. She still looks mm-hmm. great. She's in great shape. But she, like, she's in amazing shape. She's I, in amazing shape. Yeah. She, she has said this before about people like Roxy. Like, 
I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. Yeah. I think the same pretty much applies to you. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) So, I mean, what was that like being in the ring with someone who has done so much uh, as she has so accomplished and, and here you were just, what what you say, third match, second or third match. Mm -hmm. So how was it? It was, it was for me, it was very, very nerve wracking, like times 10. I, okay. So initially when this happened, I was not expecting to face Angelina. I thought I was going to face somebody else or not even have a match because I'm like, it's my third match in, um, my coaches didn't tell me if I had a match or not. I'm just showing up. I'm just going to do crew work. So they ended up telling me a couple of days before they're like, oh yeah, you're going to be facing Angelina. I'm like, what? So I go look up Angelina and I, and the first thing I see is that she's been wrestling since the year I was born, which is 99. And so my mind is blown. I'm like, this woman, this amazing woman has been wrestling since the time I've been born. What do I even do about, like, how do I go about this? So I told my, my high school teacher, because at the time when I faced Angelina, I was a senior in high school. And I told my teacher, he was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to do great. You're going to be awesome. I'm just like, I don't know. This woman's been wrestling as long as I've been born. I just, that's amazing. And like, she looks awesome. Like, I don't know what to do. So he's like, you're going to do great. So the day comes of the venue, I meet Angelina. And it's like a goddess walked through the doors. I'm like, wow, she's so beautiful. And she's like in amazing shape. So she took care of me and everything throughout my whole entire match. She asked me like, how long have I been training? Uh, what moves were I comfortable doing? And what moves was I not comfortable with? And she completely took care of me. And it's just after like facing her, like, I, I don't know how, but a light bulb like went off in my head where it was just like, I need to be like more aggressive as a woman because seeing her being as like, am I allowed to say the word uh, badass? <laughs> um, okay. Um, with her being like so cool and like confident and badass, I was just like, man, like I want to be like that. And so after facing her, I kind of like got a good general idea of like how I needed to be. So if I ever got the chance to face her again, I feel like it'd be more of like a, a like a dedication to her because of the fact that like I wrestled her at my, as my like third match. And I feel like I'd be able to have like a better match with her now versus of when I first started. Right. Well, it's so like now, now you're more of a peer of her. Yeah. Um, whereas then, like you said, third match in and here's a 20 year veteran and she really did have to, you know, take care of you, I'm sure, and get you through it. Uh, but what a great learning experience. I mean, just to, for you to be in there with someone with all of that experience. And um, and it was so great that she understood that you were still green at that point. And, oh, um, very green. And needed to help you through it. And that, that's awesome. I, I don't remember the match itself. I pr- I'm sure I saw it, but I don't remember it. Um, but I mean, looking back on it now, like, what do you... Uh, is it hard for you to watch? Do you think like, oh my, oh God. my gosh, it is so hard for me to watch my old matches because I'm just like looking at myself I'm like, you should have did this better. You should have did that better. And like, why did you do that? And I'm just like, I have to chill. I was very young baby green Gia. So it, right. from where I was at, I was in a good position. And when I think about it and like sit back and really think about it, I'm just like, there was nothing I possibly could have done any better with the knowledge that I had at the moment right now. And it could, and honestly, it could have been a lot worse. So 
I'm like, let me not be so critical on young Gia. <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, like I've said many times, I think all of us are our own worst critics, which is, yes. uh, you know, which I guess in a way is good because it pushes you to always kind of get better and never never get too comfortable. So I think that's, that's mm-hmm. probably a good thing. But that that is a great story, though, the fact that you uh, had assumed you were going to be doing like crew work and not even have a match. And it's like, oh, yeah, you got a match against Angela like, Love, seven-time world champion. Mm-hmm. No, no pressure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that was crazy. We're just getting started here. we got a lot more to talk about with Gia Scott, and we will do that right after this break. It's been fun playing wrestling with y'all. But we got something even better. Honor Nation, it's the ROH Wrestling Honor Pals, the body-slamming, drop-kicking way to keep the fun going. We need some tougher competition. Help put a buck on! Jay Trevor! She's the new Honor Pals champion, ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. Bring home your favorite star at shophonor.com. This is Quinn McKay of Ring of Honor Wrestling inviting you to Final Battle, Ring of Honor's ultimate pay-per-view show of the year. It returns to Baltimore's Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena on Saturday, December 11th. Final Battle is available on pay-per-view and streaming live for Honor Club. Keep it locked in to ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels for ticket on sale information so you can join us in Baltimore. All right, we are back in the ROH Strong Podcast. We are talking to the greatest damn woman, Gia Scott. Uh, let's talk about um, the original Ring of Honor Women's World Title Tournament, which was supposed right. to take place in April of 2020. That's the the original Quest for Gold. Um, you were part of that. You were scheduled to be one of the 16 competitors. And as we all know, um, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. it was canceled. How difficult was that for you, knowing that you had a spot, we were about a month away from it happening, and then uh, it's po- it's canceled or postponed, whatever word we should, I guess it's postponed because it did mm-hmm. actually happen at some point. Um, and then ROH went on hiatus. I mean, I think we all thought with this pandemic, oh, it'll be a few weeks or a month, or then it turned into what it turned into. What was that time period like for you? I mean, first, the, the disappointment of, not having the tournament, and then um, just the time away from the ring. I feel as though, like, okay, when I first got announced for the uh, the tournament, I was extremely happy. Nobody could tell me anything. It, I was like, this is my moment. I'm going to own it, and I'm going to show up. I'm going to show out. When COVID obviously hit, I was very disappoint- disappointed because – I was just like, I got this opportunity. I've been wanting this opportunity. Here it is. And now the world is kind of taking it from me. So I'm just like, man, like now I'm like, okay, I got to kind of work my way back up to get back to the opportunity that I fought for, which is not something I'm super disappointed in because I've always been trying to fight for opportunities, regardless if it's at MCW, ROH, anywhere else I always fight for my opportunities um then from the time when COVID hit obviously the wrestling went on an immediate halt so I was just like man what do I do like 
like is wrestling going to come back like is it going to be the same are we going to get be able to get back to what we were doing and it was just everything was just up in the air everything was just like we don't know we don't know we don't know I'm just like okay and it was kind of a little disappointing to me because wrestling's been like engraved in me since I wouldn't say since I was four to probably six and to kind of have it like taken away it was very tough and very hard because as weird as this sound, wrestling is uh, like a stress reliever for me, weirdly for me. But I just, everything was just up in the air and I just didn't know what to do at the time. But thankfully wrestling came back. So now I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you specifically. I mean, what were like, um, everybody approached the pandemic differently. Like some people, mm-hmm. um, like didn't know what to do, like being like they got stir crazy, just being, you know, quarantined or being at home. Um, mm-hmm. Other people were like, this is great. Like, I love working from home or now I have time to do this thing I wanted to start and never had time before. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Like, what was your experience as far as as far as that goes? I had a mixture of both. Uh, both. I, had, I was getting stirred crazy and I was also like, this is awesome. Um, the only reason why I said this is awesome is because uh, while the pandemic was happening, I was a, I wanted to do, go on this kind of like quest and I wanted to get the old video games that I used to play as a child and try to beat them thoroughly. And what I mean by that is, okay, you beat one game, the first game that you got on like normal, beat it on easy, then go to hard. And then like something like the hardest mode. That's what I wanted to do to kind of like test my skills uh with every game that I bought and I feel as though that helped with the whole pandemic but I was just going stir crazy because I'm like man I have like this wrestling itch I just want to just just take a bump and I can't take a bump on my on my kitchen floor (laughs) I probably hurt myself but it was just I just wanted to like go back to like MCW like just to hear the crowd cheer for me or just have them be excited for something or anything it was just I just wanted it so bad. And the fact that like when we got to the point where we could train again at MCW, I was just happy. I was just like, man, okay, when are we having our first show? When are we having our first show? When are we having our first show? And it was just, we got to wait. We got to see, you know, COVID and everything. So I, I really had a mixture of both. When the tournament is announced, the new tournament, mm-hmm. um, this time there were a few, there were some changes. Some people who were announced for the first one weren't in the second one. Um, you were one of those people who now you weren't announced in the, for the second one. Um, mm-hmm. What were your thoughts at that point when it's like, okay, I was in this thing and it got canceled, no fault of my own. There's a new one. And uh, this time I'm not one of the 16 competitors. So basically it was just kind of like sitting on pins and needles because I desperately wanted to get the opportunity that I once originally had. and. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was fighting for it so hard, so desperately just to, just to showcase like what I can do and like kind of put a little stamp on the women's division as like, okay, got lost the opportunity, got the opportunity back. We're still on track, but obviously I wasn't a part of the women's uh, tournament. So I'm just like, okay, now what do I do? What, what, what's the new plan here? What's the new goal? And from there, I'm just thinking like, okay, just 
whatever you get, whatever you do, whatever opportunity presents to you, whether it be a match with anybody, whether it be anything, just show up and show out because nobody can't deny someone who shows up and show out and completes the job at the end of the day. So that was the new plan. And, and after that, you get an opportunity like tournament or something of that case may be like, for instance, facing off against Roxy, show up, show out, try to be undeniable. So I'm just like, all right. So that was the plan after I wasn't, I guess, in the tournament. Not again, but it wasn't in the tournament. My research is correctly correct. You were, you didn't have a match for over a year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did not have a match over a year. My last match literally was in March against uh, Porsche uh, of the cartel at MCW. And it was in Galena. That was a year, that was like a, what, a year ago? And like, um, if your research is correct, for me, it sucked. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was Uh, was actually over. That was like a year and a half ago. That was in March of 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you didn't have another match until this past, I think, spring, 2021. So yeah, mm-hmm. over a year, like maybe like 15 months. So when mm-hmm. you when you get back into the ring 15 months later, um, what's your, I mean, how are you feeling at that point? Is it like riding a bike and you just pick up where you left off? Were you, did you feel like you were rusty? Uh, oh, very rusty. It's it, like, and to a degree, it was like riding a bike again, but also it's like when you come back in the ring for the first time after taking that long of rate, mind you, COVID, uh, but actually no, before COVID, the longest I've taken a break is at least a week and versus taking like 15 months off, it was a lot. So I come back and I feel rusty. My cardio sucks. And I'm just like, oh man, like there's about so much you can really prepare for when you're wrestling. Uh, And I feel as though like, I thought I prepared enough but actually having a match, I was like, oh man, I, I, there was nothing I could do to prepare for what I was about to go through. Um, but it was just excruciating to a degree because I'm just like, man, I feel rusty. And so like when I felt rusty, I kept like getting in my head saying like, oh man, like, why are you you're rusty now? Why are you back in the ring? You know, you don't, you don't deserve or need to be in the ring. And that goes along with me being to a degree a perfectionist. I always wanted to make sure I do good, have the best outcome in the match and be satisfied with what I do in the ring. And with COVID hitting, it was just really bad because I'm like, uh, I was feeling like I didn't deserve to be in the ring, but I had to kick those thoughts out. Cause I'm just like, you had COVID hit, you're rusty. Everyone's rusty. You just got to kick the rust off and keep trucking along and keep moving. So that was the mindset. Just keep trucking along and keep moving along. When I had talked at a at a show not too long ago um, about it was the first time I had seen you in a while I guess since mm-hmm. the pandemic and you and you were back at a show uh, a Ring of Honor show and I mean you did have to battle a little bit of a loss of confidence right I mean I think you just mm-hmm. kind of touched on that a little bit but was there ever a point where you thought I don't know if I want to continue or did you always have like yeah I'm gonna get back to where I was. I had a mixture of both. I, around that time, I, I, the confidence wasn't there. And I was just like, do I really want to, like, do I really want to stop? 
and not do wrestling anymore? Do I really want to continue on? And so I sat down with myself and I'm like, okay, if I give up now, what was the point of me even joining in the first place? What was the point of me using all my money that uh, my mom kind of gave to me and my siblings when she passed away so that I could use it to sign up for MCW and continue or not continue to start this journey? What was the point of all that? And if I continue on, there could be an opportunity that could present itself within a couple months, within a couple weeks, within maybe a year or a couple of years from now. I never know. But I will never know if I stop because I don't want to be presented with a thought in my head. I'm like, man, if I would have just continued on, I wonder what could have happened. I never want that for myself. So I'm just like, let's tough this out. Let's try to work on our confidence and let's get back in the ring slowly, but surely. So I'm like, okay, how do I start that? And then I had the thought of an idea was like, okay, why not just start over and go back to the beginner's class and start that way. And I don't think anybody ha- would uh, have a problem with me starting over. I like, I asked my coaches, they're like, yeah, no, like if you need to start over just to build up your confidence again, by all means go for it. Cause we want you to come back and everything. And at that time, I wasn't uh, coming to MCW because I was very like in my head about my confidence. So I'm just like, let me start over uh, versus just trying to come back to MCW and pick up where I left off. Let's just completely start over. And I feel as though the fact that I start over ultimately helped me with rebuilding my confidence to this day. It's great that you had that self-awareness and and to like kind of take a step backward to take two steps forward. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people may not have done that. Like you go back to the beginner's class, but mm-hmm. obviously it's what you needed to kind of rebuild that foundation, rebuild that confidence. Let me ask you about the, um, just the women's division in general that we have in Ring of Honor that Maria Canellas Bennett assembled. Um, I know she went out and, and tried to gather together like uh, a diverse group of athletes that come, you know, in all shapes and sizes and ethnicities and backgrounds and everything else, mm-hmm. experience levels. Um, and you are part of that. What is it like? What have, what have you been your impressions of the division and the job Marie has done to kind of put, put things together? How I feel is that I love seeing like all these, these different women that like, like some of them I know a little bit, some of them I don't, but also with the fact that like some of them I've never faced before. So I'm just like, okay, I wonder what it's going to be like. How is it like, how, like, what's that connection going to be? And so far, like, I've loved all the connections that I've had, like with the matches and everything. And it's just like, all I ever wanted, even while being in the dojo and still like training to kind of work my way up to be in the women's division. I'm just like, I want more girls. I want more people to come in. I want more, I want to face all of them. I just want the women's division to strive. Whether I be at MCW, ROH, doesn't matter. I want people to either look at me or look at the division, even especially ROH, and be like, okay, I like this division. I like what Gia Scott's doing. I want to see what's the next step because I don't want anybody to just look at us and be like, oh, women, like, all right, cool, whatever. I want them to be like, oh, man, like, the women's match is coming up next. All right, let me sit down and watch this, you know? Yep. So it's just I'm thoroughly happy and impressed like what she's done for the women's division 
uh, as much as she's as she can because I know with everything going on right now but I'm thoroughly happy with the results well I mean that was going to be my next question because um, obviously we can't uh, you know the news is out there there's ring of honors future is is uncertain right now uh, mm -hmm. we've got final battle coming up on December 11th and then as has been announced uh, we plan to take a hiatus for the first few months of 2022 and um, then the idea is to come back with a, a sort of new uh, reimagined um, Ring of Honor. So I've asked this question to, to you know, just about everybody. Um, things are uncertain right now. What, are, what is your mindset right now with, with the current state of affairs, I guess? Is, like what, 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 how are you approaching the future? What are you thinking about? What I'm thinking about is that by the time ROH comes back from their hiatus, I want to be a little bit more established than what I am currently right now. I feel as though that I have some kind of little buzz behind my name, but it's not big enough. And I want it to be where when ROH comes back and they're like, oh, Jesus Scott's going to be appearing on such and such. And everyone's like, oh my God, Jesus, like, she's back in like ROH. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. I want to have that kind of feeling. I want to be able to be a little bit well known. And that has to go with me going out, working more places, me facing more and different opponents. I just want to be a little well known. And that's, that's just the plan. Show up, show out. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's great to hear. I, I can hear that the confidence is back in you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I know that you'll do it. I know that you'll show up, show out wherever you are, whether it's MCW, whether it's other places. And then, yeah, when Ring of Honor comes back, I think it's, uh, you know, there's always like the fear of the unknown, but there's kind of the, like an excitement that goes with it as well to see mm -hmm. like what's going to happen next. And I think that's kind of where we're all at right now. Um, and that's all we can do, right? Is just wait. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take another break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to talk uh, about Gia Scott's personal journey and her journey, how she got into the wrestling business, all those things coming up right after this. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. This is the Mecca, Brian Johnson of Ring of Honor Wrestling, inviting all you bozos to Final Battle, Ring of Honor's biggest pay-per-view show of the year. It returns to the UMBC campus live on Saturday night, December 11th. Final Battle is available on pay-per-view and streaming live on Honor Club. So keep it locked in to ROHwrestling.com, bozos, for ticket on sale information so you can join us. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We're talking with the greatest damn woman, Gia Scott. Uh, Gia, I, you've touched on this a little bit, I guess, in some interviews. Um, but if, I mean, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, if you could just touch on a little bit what your upbringing was like. I know you had some challenging times. 
Um, you've alluded to it, as I said, a little bit. I know your mom passed away. I know you've mm-hmm. talked about being homeless for a stretch of time. Can you mm-hmm. elaborate on that a little bit? So my upbringing wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. I was able to get certain things that I could as a kid, but with me being a kid, I had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of ever a lot of other kids also as well. Um, with me being the middle child, my sister, she lived with my aunt and my grandmother at the time. So it was just me and my brother. While my mom had to go off and work, I was at home taking care of my brother, making sure he would not burn down the house um, and just kind of be that guardian big sister over him. Um, and as I went along, my mom, you know, uh, working to make sure all the bills are paid, make sure she could get us like food or clothing for us to go to school in the case may be and whatnot. So I am very happy of the fact that she could even just do that for us because she was a really hardworking woman. Um, but as like growing older, I had to see the world a little differently. I had to kind of be a little wiser and my mom had to smarten me up a little bit better about like try to try to be very independent try to get everything that you want in life uh because no one's going to hand it out for you so which is why in wrestling I always try to go for opportunities because it comes from her um it's just it's hard talking about her because even though like it's been five years since she's passed away is just she's been the whole foundation for me she's been my rock she's been literally my everything like my go-to person to talk about but while growing up with all everything that's happened with me being homeless and everything it was just it's just a really big eye-opener of like kind of what I want in life and what I want out of life and I just want to be successful and me and my mom both knew that I wasn't like born to just be normal or regular or just have like a a normal like nine to five and just come home go to sleep wake up and do it all over again I we both knew that I was born to be like extraordinary and with me being homeless and whatnot it was just something I was just like okay I need to figure out what I want to do in life I need to figure out what is going to make me happy and it's weird because a child shouldn't really be thinking about that at maybe like 15 or 16, like, like it's the end of the world. But at that time it was the end of the world for me. Cause I felt like I was at like a really low point, but, um, with that happening, I was my aunt and my mother and my uncle were the three like heads that like grounded me to make sure that I was okay with everything that was going on with me and, uh, with my mom passing away, my aunt took me and my brother in to her house. So we stayed with her while everything was going on and we just kind of survived together, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, it's, I don't want to get too emotional. <laughs> well, I, understand. I And I do appreciate you sharing your, your story with us. I know it's, um, it, it's, it's still hard to talk about, as you said, you know, five years later, and I totally understand that. Uh, at, at what age did you become a wrestling fan? Uh, so what happened was, is that I want to say between four or six. I really don't have like an exact age, but 
I remember I was at my aunt's house and I think I was upstairs either watching TV with my sister or I was playing either with my brats or Barbie dolls. And I come downstairs and my uncle is like sitting in this red chair watching TV on this really big screen. And I come downstairs, I kind of like turn my head to the left and I just see like these two men like I guess fighting each other on the screen and I'm just like looking at it for like a second. I'm just like, hmm, I wonder what this is. So I come all the way down the stairs and I sit next to him and I ask him, I was like, what is this? He's like, it's wrestling. And I'm like, okay. So I just sat next to him and watched it. And I was just in awe. I don't really remember what match it was. I was just watching it with him. And I was just like, oh man, this is really cool. So every like, Friday, I would sit with him and watch wrestling. I couldn't obviously do it on Monday because it was a school night and I would go over to my aunt's house on the weekends unless we were watching like uh, something like a rerun that happened on Monday. But I would always watch wrestling on a Friday. So I was basically a SmackDown girl. And uh, that was the only time my mom was like, oh, okay, yeah, you can stay up and watch wrestling because, you know, there's no school on Saturday, but if it was a Monday, she's like, all right, okay, you need to turn that off, go to bed. I'm like, oh, okay. But he, my uncle, I owe everything to him. He's the person who got me into wrestling. Did you have an athletic background when you were younger? Did I have an athletic background? Yeah. No, and that's the crazy thing. Everyone would ask me like, okay, like you're really tall. Have you played like basketball, volleyball or anything like that? I'm like, no. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, you're very athletic. You have no athletic background and you want to do wrestling. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I have no athletic background whatsoever. So you're a wrestling fan as a young girl and your mom says, and you said too, and I think this is great that you, you knew you were destined to do something that was out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. At what point did you decide wrestling is that? Thing. And that's why I asked you about an athletic background, because I wondered, mm-hmm. you know, were you a natural athlete and you thought, yeah, I could do wrestling because I'm athletic. Um, what, what, was, what went into the decision to like, okay, this is going to be the thing that I pursue? So it happened, I want to say, a couple months before my mother passed away. Uh, two things that I wanted out of life. Um, I wanted to do modeling because me and my mother would always watch America's Next Top Model. That was like our go-to thing. Um, I always said like at a young age, I was like, I want to be a model. I want to be a model. I want to be a model. I tried modeling and it wasn't for me. So me and my mom kind of made a decision. We're like, okay, we'll try wrestling. And so at the, this is kind of also how I discovered MCW as well. Uh, my uncle is to thank for that as well. Um, at 16, I'm going around asking all these places like, oh, like, would you be willing, like, you know, to accept someone super young and blah, blah, blah. Most places did not even contact me back. Other places were just like, you need to be 18. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So um, my uncle, he told me, he was like, hey, we're going to go to this wrestling show. I was like, are we going to watch WWE live? And he was like, no. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh, okay. And he was like, but I got his front row seats. And I was like, you did? And I've never been like front row for any kind of wrestling event. So I was just really excited. He was like, yeah. Um, also Booker T is going to be there. 
And I was like, oh, awesome. Okay, I want to go. And to this day, on the MCW wall, we have the uh, the poster for when Booker T was going to come to the green room. And I always look at that poster whenever I walk into MCW, because that's kind of how everything started. Um, I ended up going to MCW. I ended up sitting front row. And I think on one of the videos, you can kind of see little baby Gia sitting front <laughs> row watching the whole entire event. And it was like a chilling but exciting feeling because I was able to see all the wrestlers. I was able to experience and hear all the sounds in the ring. And I was just like, this is awesome. Just hearing the crowd. I was like, this is amazing. So that kind of stamped everything for me. When I went to a live WWE event back in 2014, and this was when Seth Rollins was a part of like the authority and as bad as this sound, it was the moment when he was about to break Edge's neck, <laughs> like in the ring. And I felt like pure, like fear for the fact that he was going to hurt Edge. And I was just like, I never felt that kind of feeling before. That was another stamp of approval. I was like, okay, I really want to become a wrestler because that was awesome. The fact that he conveyed a feeling that I haven't felt in a while, that was awesome. And then I think after the modeling thing didn't work out, that was like the third stamp of approval. I was like, okay, I want to try wrestling. And I just started looking for schools. So then I remembered that MCW had like this kind of like, uh, what is it? Uh, like, if you want to become a wrestler, like, page like how you want to become a wrestler so I looked at that I was like okay let me save up some money and I'm like at the time I'm 16 I'm like I don't even have a job yet so I'm like okay let's get a job save up money then go to MCW but with my mom passing away when I was like 17 18 I used the money that I got from that and got into wrestling that way so that was kind of more of a like skipping step one and two just to get to three which is get to MCW but that's basically how that came along. How was, how did you find the, uh, how did you react to the training? I mean, for someone who's obviously like, you didn't have an athletic background, as you said, mm -hmm. um, getting in the ring for the first time, uh, running the ropes, even little things like that, you know, tumbling, <laughs> before you even get to take a bump. Um, mm -hmm. What was your initial impression? Was it different than you thought it would be? Harder, easier? Like, what For me, when that happened, I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't think it would be that hard. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because the cardio was the one thing that killed me the most. I was very, like, active, like, in uh, what gym class because I'm pretty, a pretty active, well, at the time, pretty active kid. Um, I was just like, okay, like, this will be awesome. This will be fine. The first week of doing all the intense cardio – the locking up constantly, the headlock takeovers, uh, the, the, the handstand bumps, uh, just taking your first bump and, like you said, running the ropes. I, that Monday, the next, I think, Monday or Tuesday, I was so sore that I could barely, like, turn my neck. I was, I felt like a shark. I couldn't, like, turn my neck fully, which was awful. So I'm, like, waking up, um, uh, from sleeping. I'm, like, oh, my God, why does my back hurt? And I'm just, like, oh, right wrestling <laughs> so it was what I thought it was gonna be but it didn't make me quit because usually the first week or two people decide like do I really want to keep doing this and like the sore the soreness was a little like 
an eye opener, but it didn't make me quit because I'm used to like being sore after gym class and everything like that. So it didn't make me uh, think like, oh man, do I really want to do this to continue putting my body through this pain? So it was, it was awesome for me. And I think as as is the case at every wrestling school, there's there's a lot more uh, guys there than girls. And I know I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. But you did have a few, right? You had a few people, a few girls there that you mm-hmm. were training with. So you're kind of all going through this thing together. Um, mm-hmm. One of the women who I know was training there at the time, uh, a friend of mine, and I'm, uh, people will know this name, is Rosa Mendez. Mm-hmm. Rosa, you know, former WWE diva, she was looking to make a comeback in wrestling. And I know she was working at the MCW uh, training center, even though she had been on TV for years and years, she was like there with all you guys kind of going through the drills and everything else. Just want to ask you, like, what was it like um, having her there? Because I think she really saw, uh, even, like Rosa always knew her limitations in the ring. Um mm-hmm. But she did have some experience uh, being on TV, and I know she wanted to kind of lend whatever she could, uh, advice or whatever, you know, to, to the girls like yourself who were, who were just, you know, training. Like, so what, was, what, was, what are your recollections of, of her being there? When Rosa was there, uh, like training with her was a little nerve wracking as well, because uh, obviously she's like, she's been to WWE and everything like that. She's had, uh, as you can say, more successful, like, things to happen, like, opportunities than me, and here's, like, little me, little green Gia, I was very nervous, like, being in the ring with her, I, at the time, I was still timid and shy, so I didn't have the confidence of what I have now, and just the fact that, like, RJ and Dean, they were like, oh, you're gonna have your first match against Rosa, and I'm like, I don't think I should have my first match against her because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not confident. And like, I want to give her like a really good first match. And if ever, and if Rosa, if you ever come across this, you ever listen to this, I still want to have my first match against you. No, well, not my first match, but I still want to give you a match. I still wanted to face you. It's just sad of the fact that like, I was so in my head and they, uh, RJ and Dean ended up making it a mixed tag, which thank you for them for doing that. But I want to still have that match that I wanted with Rosa because I feel as though like I had the opportunity in my lap and I got scared and I ruined it. So Rosa, I'm still, I still want that match with you, but I just, it was just, it was wonderful having her there. It was wonderful meeting her. She was very nice. She was awesome. Like the times when I had to cut promos on her, I would ask her like, is this okay to say like, is this taking it too far? She's like, Gia, you're fine. Like, this is wrestling. Like, go for it. I want you to try and push the envelope as much as you can. And this is before, like, I kind of knew, like, what was too much and what wasn't too much. And I was in my head, like, thinking, okay, maybe that was too much. She's like, just go for it. Have fun. I want you to have fun. I want you to let loose. So she helped me with my journey of, like, being comfortable with, like, I guess, being a little bit more aggressive and other cases like that so it was so much fun having her at mcw she was very complimentary of you and and a couple of the other girls there as well and and did see a lot of potential in you guys i don't know if if um she conveyed that to you necessarily maybe she did but um (laughs) you said that you know to me like some of these girls are going to be really good i know one of them was you so um 
that's kind of cool, right? That Rosa saw that. In yeah. Well, you just talked a little bit about kind of, um, you know, cutting promos and how much is too much and all that. Uh, how did you develop the greatest damn woman persona? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you definitely own it. I can say, like, it's very believable. Um, and, and you're so, to me, you're very different when I talk to you uh, just, you know, away from the ring and then mm -hmm. see you when the red light goes on and you become the greatest damn woman. It's quite a, it's a, it's a transformation. So <laughs> how did you get Thank the, you. Uh, how did you work with it? So it happened, uh, like, like we talked about in a promo class. I, when I first started promo class, I was so shy. I was so nervous. Like the first time, like I did it, uh, Moses at the time, he was kind of, I think injured. So he would come into promo class with me and my class and, uh, my, my promo teacher, Nat, he was just like, Oh, you know, just come up, just kind of talk about yourself, uh, and whatever the case may be. And when I talked, I was so shy. I was so nervous. And, uh, Moses kind of cut a promo pretending to be me and kind of like lighten the mood. He was kind of like, you know, like jokingly mocking me to kind of like warm me up, but it wasn't working, but it, it made me laugh. So I praise him for that. But um, what happened was, is that I kind of was just sitting in the ring after like everything was kind of taken care of, cleaned up and done. And I was just staring at the, uh, the MCW banner. That's like, brightest day like on the wall when you first walk into the school and I'm just like looking at the letters and I'm just like hmm maybe I can like play around with the letters to kind of like make it kind of like MCW but not MCW just make it into me so I just ended up like saying like to myself like like I'm the greatest I'm I'm awesome and then somehow it just came came into like me saying I'm like I'm the greatest woman like nobody can't tell me wrong like I'm awesome, I'm great. So I just kept saying to that to myself before promos, and then eventually I kept saying it in my promos, and it was something that was there, but I just didn't know how to like uh, execute it properly. Like it was, I was throwing stuff at the wall, but some it was like sticking, but it kept falling off. So I'm like, all right, I need to play with this a little bit more. So with promo class happening, me talking to Nadine, me talking to RJ, they helped me kind of paint the bigger picture of what the greatest damn woman is. And everyone wants to call themselves the best. I'm the best this, I'm the best in the world, or I'm the best at that. And I'm like, to the degree, I understand, like, you know, you want to be the best, but I don't want to just be the best. I want to be the greatest. I want to be known, like, down in history, like, oh, when you look at Gia or you see Gia's name, you're like, yeah, she, everything she said, everything that she talks about and she proves she means it, she believes it. And my whole like biggest motto is like, if I'm not the greatest, then who's going to be the greatest? Nobody's going to be the greatest for me. So I have to go out there and work hard and earn anything that uh, I need to get in life. So that's kind of how it came about. It was, first, it started off as just me being confident, as, like a little chant to kind of be like, all right, you got this, you got this, to where it's just like, all right, I want to be the greatest. I am the greatest now. It's time to be the greatest. So that's how that came about. You started off as a heel on MCW. You talked about that earlier. But it's one of those things where the fans started recognizing in MCW that um, you, you, you were entertaining, number one, because the greatest mm -hmm. damn woman is entertaining. But also, you know, you had been the champion three times. And there comes this point where it's like, that person's pretty cool. And you start to like that. Uh, 
I know. They started turning you, turning you baby face. So I just have to ask you, are you more comfortable being, being a heel? Is it, is it tougher for you to have people cheering? Because it's a whole different mindset, obviously. Mm-hmm. You work differently. You think differently. How you play to the crowd. Um, what are you, just what are your thoughts on that, on that role? And, I mean, do you prefer one over the other? So, at first, I preferred being heel because I felt as though it was easy. And I'm not saying being a face isn't easy either. But where I stand at currently is because I feel as though with the character that I've, like, presented and I've built for, like, what, four years now, it's just I'm starting to realize it's hard to kind of hate somebody that you're just like, hmm, she's right. Like, you know, you can't help but to like that person because of what they're doing. It's so agreeable that you really can't just be like, oh, I don't care what you say. You suck. You still suck. Like, it's hard to do that. Like, for instance, I'll, like my biggest point with me coming up with my character is like The Miz. Everybody loves to hate him. But like when he speaks, some of the things that he says is you, you just go like, you know what? He's right. The things that he's saying, he's like, he's right about it. So you can't really help but to like, like him at this point. Like there's still things that he does that, that you don't like, but you're just like, he's like really likable even as a heel. And I know like some people were like, you can't really be likable as a heel, but like the way how we are nowadays is just that like people are going to like what they like and people are going to hate what they hate. And I feel as though right now people like, me and I'm just confused about it but then again I understand it it's a weird like limbo thing that I'm in right now so but to answer your question I think I prefer being faced because then people don't have to like I don't have people to force to like to hate me or not like me it just for me it just comes naturally I thought you were gonna say you preferred being heel so that was on uh, certain days on certain days <laughs> yeah no that that's that's funny because um I always thought like it's it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to like you, right? And plus, it's the total opposite for me. It's easier for people to uh, to get people to like me versus like hate me. And I'm not saying like I don't do anything to get people to hate me, but it's just I'm very likable, which I kind of like as like getting into wrestling, I started to see. But I'm just so likable that people just can't help but to like like me, and I think it's like a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Well, you are very likable. I will definitely give you that. But, you know, when you, when you, hey, at first, when you started calling yourself the greatest damn woman and you're, you know, very cocky and mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I don't like that person. But yeah. yeah, once they got to know you and, you know, saw your personality and everything else, and yes, you were entertaining, then it's like, yeah, okay. Like it's be, it's like, I used to uh, love to hate this person. Now I love this person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take our final break, and then when we come back, we're going to play 10 Questions with Gia Scott. This is Moses from Soldiers of Savagery at Ring of Honor Wrestling, inviting you to final battle. Ring of Honor's most, no, no, most savage pay-per-view show of the year. It returned to Baltimore's Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena on Saturday, December 11th. Final battles available on pay-per-view and streaming live for Honor Club. Keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels for ticket on sale information so you can join us in Baltimore. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We've been having an outstanding conversation with the greatest damn woman, Gia Scott. 
And I got it right every time this time, Gia, because I remember every time I would see you, I'd always mess it up. And I would say the best damn woman. Yes, you would. And you're not the only one either. <laughs> everyone either say the, the, yeah, no, everyone says the best. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I like being the best, but <laughs> I feel like greatest is like, it tops all of that. You know what it is? It's the, do you know, there was a sports show called the best damn sports show, period. I don't know if you remember that show or had heard of it. I, I'm hearing about it today. Yeah, the best damn sports show. And it's like, that's what I'm always thinking of. Best damn, not greatest damn. <laughs> I think I've, I've got it. You, you, you're a greatest damn woman, and I've got it right every time. So I'm proud of you, Kevin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to play 10 questions? I am. And it is now time for 10 questions with Kevin. All right, question number one. What's something that's on your bucket list? Ooh. Um, okay, so what's something on my bucket list, and this is probably a weird bucket list, but I want to go back to Vegas so bad. I went there one time when I was 12 uh, with, my, with my family. I couldn't do anything obvious out there because I was a kid. I wanted to go... Um, another time when I think this was around the time when COVID hit and ROH was going to have a show in Vegas that obviously got canceled. So on my bucket list, I want to go back to Vegas. All right. Question number two, do you have now, or did you have growing up a celebrity crush? Oh no. <laughs> okay. So I, okay. To kind of answer your question, I didn't have a celebrity crush because when I grew up, I was watching anime and I have, I had had like a couple, but the one that I like the most to this day, and it's okay if you don't know who they are and what it is, but there was a show that I would watch uh, as a kid and it was called Bleach. And the main, like the main character, his name is Ichigo Kurosaki. And in this weird world, he had like kind of like this alter personality of himself and some people called him Zon, the white Zongetsu or the white Ichigo and I don't really know the reason why I had a crush on that character but it was just he kind of knew what he wanted and he knew what he was wanted out of like being like Ichigo's kind of like alter personality and he was just very truthful which is why I liked him he was as I could say, he was very badass. I think that was maybe a reason why I liked it. Okay, question number three. This is another sort of a celebrity question. Um, okay. It doesn't have to be. Okay, if you could have a conversation with any celebrity, or it could be a, a historical figure, mm -hmm. any celebrity or historical figure, past or present, who would you like to sit down and talk to? I'd like to sit down and talk to uh, to Megan The Stallion. I loved her from kind of before she got famous. And I've always like wanted to meet her and just like have like just just a casual conversation with her. Just be like, okay, how did how did you get like this confidence? Like, because uh, you're like you're you look like how you do, and you're so super tall. It's like how do you keep that confidence like all the time? It's just like if I ever got the chance to probably like talk to her one day, I probably I probably faint. <laughs> but she's 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 one of the people that I would definitely talk to. Okay. She is very tall, right? She's about like, what are you, are you like five? What are you like? Five, nine, five, ten? 
I'm like five. I'm five eight. So I guess kind of like five eight, five nine. But I, I'm 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 a pretty tall girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I know she's tall as well. Yeah, okay. she's like five eleven. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, question number four: Do you have any hidden talents? Is there something you're good at? Mm. That we don't well, I don't know if it's a hidden talent, but I can like roller skate really well. And I'm noticing like most of my friends, they can't roller skate. And when I try to roller skate, they're just like, oh my gosh, how do you roller skate so fast? How do you backwards skate so nice? And I'm just like, eh, just years of practice maybe. But I love to roller skate. It was kind of one of the ways that uh, kind of helped me get into shape when I was homeless at the time preparing for wrestling in a way, but roller skating is like one of my hidden talents that I do very well. Well, yeah, it's definitely because I didn't know that, but I'm sure, <laughs> I guess it probably helps you with balance, right? It does. It honestly does. I don't think so. Question number five. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there something that you like that you might be ashamed to admit to your friends or to people? Hmm. I don't know if it, like I'd be ashamed of admitting it to people, but my guilty like pleasure is kind of like like watching the same thing that I've watched already before because certain people don't like rewatching the same thing. Actually, no. Maybe rewatching the same thing, but also like stacking up on candles it's probably candles i i have an obsession with candles i love to have like a nice smelling good candle in a nice smelling like good house it's just it, it's just it's a nice thing <laughs> uh, what's your go-to what's my go-to yeah as far as like a candle scent is, is there one mm, what's one that i have right now it's um what was it it was like georgia peach it smells so wonderful. And then there was another one that I had. I think it was like, uh, was it like, it was cherry something or it was like citrus cherry and it, it just smells up the whole house. It smells so fruity. I love fruity scented candles. It's just, it's so good. It just, oh, it's like everything's at peace with the world in my house. <laughs> All right, question number six. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if you haven't, do you believe in its existence? I haven't had it, but uh, I've had it like, oh, actually, no, I think I have had it in the house. Something happened to where I was sitting on, sitting at my computer desk and something fell behind me and it was actually one of my candles that fell and kind of broke. And so I'm just like, hmm, interesting. So I think... Uh, I would like to believe it has something to do with my mom in a certain way because like I feel as though she's watching over me not like she knocked over my candle but I feel as though like there are spirits around we obviously can't see them but they're they either are around us some form of fashion question number seven you mentioned re-watching things so that'll that's perfect for this question what show are you currently binge watching or uh, what's the last show that you binge watched? Okay, so this is gonna go back to anime again. Uh, so the last show that I watched, and I love this show from like 
start to finish. It's actually on Netflix. Uh, it's called Kuroko's Basketball Team, or not basketball team, Kuroko's Basketball. And it's a sport anime. And it's just the person, like the two people that I, or three people that I love in that anime. Um, and one of them is actually my phone screensaver. His name is Daichi Awamine. Another one is uh, Kaiga, ta uh, ah, Kagami Taiga. And another one is called Akashi. All three of them are awesome. They are amazing. And it's just, it, it gave me like one of those feelings that I don't normally get, which is like an excitement feeling. I usually get that in wrestling. And from get that from like an anime, it was pretty awesome. The wrestling just. I would love to wrestle in Japan. <laughs> I was so into the, the Japanese anime culture and everything. So that was one of the. That is another thing that's on my bucket list too to go to either Japan or the UK. So I know that answers like number one far further back, but I would love to go to Japan and UK and just wrestle like there for like a couple of months. That's okay. You can have more than one thing on your bucket list. That's why it's a list. <laughs> we got a whole list of things. So those are good things to have. Okay, question number eight. What's something that's popular that you don't see the appeal of? Mm, so everybody likes and they're like, how can you like that? So my personal thing is like um, certain like things that I hear on the radio, like as far as like uh, rap music. I don't. That's why I don't listen to the radio anymore because I'm just like like. If, once it gets like overplayed I'm like okay why are you guys listening to this right now I can't it's just too overplayed and then it turns me off so I'm just like it's just certain certain music today that just turns me off okay gotcha all right question number nine this is a bit this is an interesting for you uh, interesting. Oh um, if there was a movie made about your life who would play you in the movie ooh um, who would play me in the movie? Yes, who plays Gia Scott in the Gia Scott story? Mm. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> um, who's someone that would like to play as me? That's funny because I was just watching a, a biography yesterday. Um, I would like to have. I think maybe Chloe Bailey plays me. I think. I don't know. It's just something about her. She's awesome. And considering the fact that everything is like really going for her really well, I would like to see her play as me in, a, in an interesting aspect of my life. I'm going to I'm gonna have to Google her because I, I'm not familiar. <gasps> really? I'm not really familiar with you. My kids will probably kill me for this. but I, They're, they're going to kill you. She's very popular. Okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But I'll look her up. <laughs> of course, she's great. Um, okay, question number 10, final question. Uh, what's the best advice that you've gotten in the wrestling business? And if you remember, who, who gave you the advice? Oh, I remember, remember this distinctively. So um, this was back at MCW. I forgot the date, but I'm looking at it on my wall because I kind of plaster like MCW posters because I love uh, the special guest people that we tend to uh, have at our show. I don't remember the year, but I remember during one of our shows back in April of the, uh, on the 27th, uh, it was Shattered Dreams when we had Goldust. I remember uh, Greg Excellent. 
uh, I was freaking out by Gorilla because I had a tag match with Aria Palmer and we were going to be facing off either against people we didn't know at the time of like who were coming out in the face. And I'm freaking out by Gorilla because like I want everything to go well and do well the whole nine yards because I'm kind of a perfectionist. Greg comes up to me. He's like, um, are you okay, Gia? I'm like, no, I'm freaking out. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I'm nervous. And he's like, all right, listen to me, Gia. I understand that you're nervous. And that's good because that means that you care. And the one thing that I want you to do in wrestling is just to have fun. Like, I understand that you're nervous and everything, but we come out here and we do this just to have fun. And I want you to go out there just for tonight and don't worry about anything else, but just have fun. I want you to come back here and tell me if you had fun. So when he told me that, I was just like, okay, let me go out and just just stop stressing, just have fun. Let's just have fun. So I went out there and had my match and I actually had fun. I just stopped stressing. And it was just in wrestling, sometimes I have to realize that it's nice to kind of like have the wrestling butterflies and be worried and be nervous. But also at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you have fun within wrestling. Because if you're not having fun, why are you doing this? And that's what he said to me. I was just like, you're right. So every time I try to go out, I try to make sure that I have fun. And I'll tell you what, this is another perfect segue. This interview today for me has been a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad we got to do it. And um, thanks for giving me so much of your time. Thank you for having me. I'm sure I'll see you at an MCW show in the near future. Yes, you will. All right, uh, Gia, thanks again. And uh, man, no matter what happens, who knows, like we're, we're going into this uncharted territory here, but um, best of luck no matter what. Thank you. All right, and I want to thank everybody out there for listening today and remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Also, for the latest ROH news and views, you can read my column, X-Files, every Friday on ROHWrestling.com. Until next time, this is Kevin X saying, stay safe, and let's all be ROH strong.